0: How's everybody this morning? Doing good? Okay, good. We got a radio voice going on. Hallelujah. Um, So we're going to continue with with what we've been talking about. Brother Jared did Acts chapter 1 and chapter 2 last week. So what chapter are we doing this week? Wrong! (laughs) We're doing chapter 10. I know. No, because we're we're skipping because we can't break down every chapter while y'all are um, doing the word before world word before world challenge on the book of Acts. So we're hitting the highlights. We're hitting the the most important doctrinal chapters, basically, if that makes sense. So chapter ten is a very very interesting chapter. Uh. Who's read it? Y'all, y'all should be on it or past it. Wait, I guess past it, right? Yeah. So uh, we're going to just go through the book of uh, Acts, chapter two, or chapter ten. Sorry. So if you haven't read it, you will know what it's about. Um, so. Verse number one says, There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian Band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. So Cornelius was from Caesarea. It was, uh, it was under Roman control, I believe. And because he was a centurion, meaning he was kind of... what you know what a centurion is? Anybody? Nobody. Okay. So a centurion is a Roman officer. He, he's got, got soldiers he's commanding. Um, they picked centurions based off of their uh, strength, their courage their leadership ability, and also their willingness to follow orders promptly, quickly, speedily. Um, So that will come into play here in just a few minutes. So in verse 3 he says, or it says, He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming into him, And saying unto him, Cornelius, and when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up before up for a memorial before God, and now send men to Joppa, and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodgeth with one Simon, a tanner. Y'all know what a tanner is. Yeah, they, they tan leather. They make leather not what it is and make it a different color. Does that make sense? Okay. A leather worker. Um, where am I at now? What verse? Five. Okay. I lost it. Um, so six, seven. And the angel... Uh, And when the angel which spake unto Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants and a devout soldier of them that waited on him continually. And when he had declared all these things unto them, he sent them to Joppa. So uh, we find out that Cornelius, he is a, what the Bible says, a devout man. He was uh, a Roman Uh, Maybe not a Roman, but he was from Caesarea, so that means he was a Gentile, meaning he was not a Jew, he was um, not a Jew, he was a Gentile. Um, But it says he was a devout man who uh, prayed, he uh, gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He feared God. He is what the Jews would call God-fearers. Um, they were Gentiles that loved God. They prayed, but they stopped short of converting to be a Jew, which would mean taking the sign of the covenant and being circumcised. So he did not completely become a Jew but he loved God. He gave to the Jewish people, he gave to the church basically, and he just he prayed always. This is a good man. Okay? And this angel comes, he's like, "Okay, listen here, you. You need to send men to Joppa. There's a guy in Joppa that needs to talk to you." So, one thing to pull out of that is that God may send an angel to you and tell you what you need to do. But God is not going to use angels to preach to you the word of God. God is always going to use men to preach the gospel to you. Always. That's the man's job. That's men's job. You, everybody in here, it's your job to spread the gospel. And so that's what you can get out of that. So we're going to move on uh, to verse 9. Okay. On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh unto the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. And he became very hungry. Oh, man, I'm feeling him right now. (laughs) Playing, I'm not that hungry. Um, He would have eaten, but while they made ready... He fell into a trance. Um, now, I know none of you have seen movies, right? You've never watched TV, right? Nobody here. Everybody's holy and righteous and so. Okay, I've watched movies in the past, and you know sometimes people will go into a trance, and it's like this mystical thing, and they, leave, uh, you know, that's that's not what happened here. Nothing really crazy went on. He just, he was praying, and then all of a sudden, he started to see a vision. He didn't look probably crazy. I don't know. He might have. He might have just been zoned out. He wasn't probably foaming at the mouth and convulsing on the floor, but he was, this is a normal thing. It's a normal spiritual thing. Um, So he began to see a vision. Um, He was hungry. And so he was thinking about food, too. But in this vision, he saw heaven opened, verse 11, and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to earth. So he saw this thing coming from the sky. Um, it says it's a great sheet knit at the four corners. And so what I, I like to think, what just gives gives me a visual. Like, have you seen, like, images of, like, the stork carrying a baby in a blanket? Kind of like that, I would think. It might not be exactly the same. I don't know what Peter saw, but I, that's my visualization of it. So you have all these. Oh, we'll get to that. Um, so wherein we're all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things, and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Yeah, he was hungry. He's like, oh, yeah. That's the voice I needed to hear. But there is a problem. He said, um, But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. This was done thrice, which in the Greek means three times. (laughs) That's a joke. That's a joke. Um, And the vessel was received up again into heaven. So he sees these animals inside of the sheet, and there's a voice that says, Arise, Peter, kill and eat. There is a problem, though. He is Jewish, and Jewish law states that you cannot eat unclean animals, okay? In in times past, I looked at this scripture, and I just thought that every single animal in that sheet was unclean, but that's not what the Bible says. It says that there are all kinds of animals. There are wild animals. There are Other animals, there are clean animals. And here's the thing. Jewish people, they separated clean animals from the unclean animals. And if a clean animal had contact with an unclean animal, guess what? That animal was considered unclean. So these animals were mixed together in this sheet. They're contacting each other. So therefore even if the animal was considered by law unclean they were un, they, they were in contact with each other. So that that gave me a really uh, a revelation of this chapter and we'll explain it later on. Um so in 17 it says now while Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean Behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate and, uh, and called and asked whether uh, Simon, if Peter was there. And um, the, the voice from heaven told Peter to go down and to meet them. And don't doubt because I have sent them. So we're skipping through a little bit here. And uh, then Peter went down to the men which were sent from him, unto him, from Cornelius and said, Behold, I am he who you seek. What is the cause wherefore ye are come? So why are you here? And they start to tell about their master or their commander, their centurion uh cornelius about how good he is he fears god and that he uh had an angel from heaven come and tell him that you need to go grab up peter and bring him here he's got some words for you um so he he brought him in and he let them stay in simon the tanner's house i guess that was cool with simon uh to let some other guys stay at his house um, And on, on the next day, they went to Cornelius' house, okay? Um, so, Peter got there, and verse 27, it says, And as he talked with him, he went in and found many that were come together. And here's where that revelation comes in. Verse 28, And he said unto them, Ye know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation. But God hath showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. So hold up. I thought the vision was about animals. Right? Not men. I wouldn't call Brother Dalton an animal. Well... Sometimes. Just just kidding. Um, so, what the meaning of the vision was, it wasn't necessarily about animals. It wasn't necessarily about food. It was about God accepting the Gentiles. God cleansing the Gentiles. Okay? Allowing them to receive something that they had not been able to receive before. And see... Peter was a Jew, it was unlawful for him to keep company with the Gentile. He would be considered unclean. See how that kind of connects there? See how that vision connects directly with what Peter was coming, uh, was being a part of there. So, okay, moving on to verse 29. Therefore came I unto you without gainsaying. As soon as I was sent for, I asked therefore for what intent you have sent me. He said, "He said, why have you sent me? And Cornelius said that he had an angel, told him everything there was that happened to him. So, um, after Peter heard that, It says in verse 34, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, perceive that God is no respecter of persons. That's where you get that um, scripture there, or that saying there, that God is not a respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word I say, ye know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. He said, we're witnesses of all these things. And we witnessed that the Jews slew him, they crucified him. And uh, God raised him up on the third day and showed him openly, but not just to everybody, to a certain few people. He was witnesses. They ate with him, drank with him after he rose from the dead, and he commanded us to preach unto the people. See how that it is the job of followers of Christ to preach the gospel because Jesus commanded us to preach the gospel. He did not command an angel to preach the gospel, it's our duty, it's our job. Okay? Uh, he commanded us to preach unto the people and to, t- to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be judge of quick and dead. Um, and we'll start again in verse 44. And here's the powerful moment of this chapter. Here's where it all comes down to. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. So, I want you to pay attention to this. Did the Bible say that Peter laid hands on every single one of them in the room in order for them to receive the Holy Ghost? No. Did it even say that they prayed for the Holy Ghost. No, not necessarily. Because they didn't really even know what the Holy Ghost was. Were they in a church building? No. They heard the truth. They heard the word of God. And when understanding and conviction hit, they received the Holy Ghost. No man gave them the Holy Ghost. No one but God could receive the credit for giving them the Holy Ghost. And not only that, but they were Gentiles. This had never happened before. God was doing a new thing. He gave the Gentiles. Everybody in that room except for Peter and the people that were with him were Gentiles. Yes. Verse 45, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. So they that are of the circumcision are who? The Jews. The Jews were just amazed. It says, they that are of the circumcision that believed, meaning they had received the Holy Ghost. So they're amazed that... This same experience that they've had, the same experience of receiving the Holy Ghost that they had, was being done to someone that they considered unclean, unholy, unrighteous, basically dirt. This happened to someone that they believed could not receive salvation, could not receive an experience like this. And it happened to them. And they were astonished. There was something that told them that they had received the Holy Ghost because they had received the same thing and the same thing happened to them. There was a sign, there was evidence that they had received the Holy Ghost. And the next verse says, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnified God. That was the sign that they had received the Holy Ghost. It wasn't... It wasn't just something so vague that they're like, I don't know if they got the same thing I got. Um, you know, Peter didn't lay hands on them, and then they just felt just clean and just, just felt like they were one with God, and nothing happened besides that. Uh, they didn't shake the preacher's hand and, and join the church, but they received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, And that's how those Jews that had received the Holy Ghost knew that the Gentiles received the Holy Ghost. There was proof, 100% proof. No doubt in their mind. So, they received the Holy Ghost. There's something missing. And Peter instantly recognized it. They had not been baptized. Because on the day of Pentecost, when Peter preached to the, the Jews that were in Jerusalem, he said, you need to repent, be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins, and then you will sh- receive the Holy Ghost. Well, this kind of happened out of order, now, didn't it? Of course, the Holy Ghost will not dwell in an unclean vessel. God had what the, the Bible says had cleansed them. Cornelius was a devout man. He prayed. He gave alms. He turned away from the ways of the Gentiles and turned towards God. That is repentance. It's it's not just asking God to forgive you. It's turning away from your old lifestyle and beginning a lifestyle that is honoring God. And that's what Cornelius and all of his house did. It wasn't just one man. It was his house. It was the people that he had command over, his friends, everybody that was there that received the Holy Ghost. They did the same thing. That's why they received the Holy Ghost. But Peter recognized that there was something missing. They they were not baptized. So he said to the Jews that had received the Holy Ghost, uh, probably some of them, most of, well, I, I imagine most of them had to have been in the upper room or at least in Jerusalem uh, when the Holy Ghost was poured out. He said, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? So said, These guys have received the Holy Ghost just like we have. They've, they're missing something. They've got to be baptized. Can any man say, can anybody say why these people can't be baptized? Nobody said a word. So he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, which we know the name of the Lord is Jesus. Right? Then after this happened, the house of Cornelius, they asked him to stay with them. I imagine Peter taught them many, many, many things and discipled them while he was there. So that is Acts chapter 10. So, just a, just a, to go back over what we've talked about. So, number one, I believe, is the Holy Ghost is for everyone, Jew and Gentile. Greek, Roman, whoever you are, the Holy Ghost is for everyone. That's number one. Number two, even though you are a good person who loves God, the Holy Ghost is necessary for salvation. See, Cornelius was a good man. He did everything that was right, everything that the Jews thought that he should besides receiving circumcision to become a Jew. He did everything right, but he was not going to make it to heaven. He lacked something, and it was the Holy Ghost. So, you can tell your friends, if somebody asks you, is it necessary to receive the Holy Ghost to go to heaven, you can take them to Acts chapter 10 and show them how Cornelius was a good man and he had to receive the Holy Ghost. I mean, it's plain as day right there. Black and white and red. Okay. And uh, point number three. God communicates through prayer and fasting and angels. But he has chosen men to spread the gospel. So in 1 Corinthians first uh, chapter 1, verse 21, I uh, didn't... Let Sister Hannah know about this. Uh, but it says, "For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world, by wisdom, knew not God; it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe." So there it is. God chose the foolishness of preaching to save them which believe. Cornelius and his house fell on into that category. They believed. The gospel was preached to them, they received the Holy Ghost. That's, that's the order of things, that's how God wants it. Okay, uh, next point was, it, it, w- it was evident that the house of Cornelius received the Holy Ghost because they were speaking in tongues and glorifying God. Again, that's the evidence of receiving the Holy Ghost. That's the initial evidence of receiving the Holy Ghost. And then after that, it would be the fruit of the Spirit. Exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit would be the evidence that you still have the Holy Ghost. Um, next, the Jews that were instantly, the Jews that were there, instantly recognized that the Gentiles had received the Holy Ghost because they had the same experience that the 120 had In the upper room, they received the exact same thing. There's no differentiation in between their experiences. It was exactly the same. And um, next one is, God will not dwell in an unclean vessel. Therefore, because they were cleansed by God, they had already repented. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, you won't be filled with the Holy Ghost if there's something in your heart that needs to be repented of. Um, it just won't happen. God will not dwell in an unclean vessel. So, if, yeah, I'll just leave that right there. And Peter commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord Jesus immediately afterwards people can people can receive the holy ghost before they get baptized that's uh evident in this chapter i've seen it before people have received the holy ghost it is essential that after they have received the holy ghost they need to be baptized just about almost immediately afterwards if not very 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 quickly to complete their salvation experience. That's all I have for y'all today. I hope it was good. I hope y'all continue to study the book of Acts because it is essential to what we believe. The Old Testament points to the book of Acts and the New Testament points back to the book of Acts. Everything that you need is found in the book of Acts, I believe.
1: Amen. Amen. Very good, very good. So I, I hope you were paying attention. I hope you were listening um, and catching the important doctrinal points there. I love that Brother Thomas read 1 Corinthians because that's where, if you go to denominational churches, they will pull from the writings of Paul and say, see, you're saved at belief. But you can't, like Brother Thomas said, you can't understand what Paul was talking about unless you point back to the actual experience of the apostles. So the preaching to save those that believe, it doesn't mean that those who believe are saved. It just means that once you believe, you are now able to receive the word that will tell you how to be saved. Once Cornelius believed that he saw an angel, he had the belief. I love that how he pointed that out. He saw an angel, but the angel didn't preach the gospel. He just told him to do one step, send somebody to get this man. So he believed. He believed that he saw an angel. He believed that that angel was from God. That's enough to be saved, right? That's enough. He believed. That's enough. That's all. You're good. You believe. That's enough. No, he said, send for that man, and then he's going to come, and then he preached to him. And then the Holy Ghost came on them. They spake with tongues. And then it still wasn't good enough. Peter commanded him. I love that Brother Thomas pointed out that word commanded. Didn't suggest it. Every other church teaches that baptism is just an afterthought. It's a profession of your faith publicly. No, it's necessary for your salvation. Doesn't matter if it's private or public. You have to do it. He commanded them. Come, you got to be saved so you can have confidence in this apostolic doctrine because it is backed up in the word and you don't have to be intimidated by verses in Romans or Corinthians that say you're saved when you believe. Cornelius was saved through his belief, but not when he believed. Because you have to have the book of Acts to understand all of Scripture. Brother Thomas just said that. I will hope you caught it. I hope you were listening. So thank you, Brother Thomas, for pointing that out and helping us understand Acts chapter 10 and giving us confidence in our apostolic faith and doctrine. So let's pray in dismissal. God, we love you. I'm thankful, Lord, for the word that went forth. We can feel its power and its anointing just coming over this pulpit. We thank you for that. Thank you that you give us the truth Thank you, Lord, that you help us understand how we are to be saved, that we need to repent of our sins, that we need to be baptized in your name, and that you can fill us with the Holy Ghost. I pray that you would help each and every one of these students, if they have not had that experience, to open up their heart, open up their mind. God, begin to convict them, convince them, Lord, that you are real and that you have a plan and a purpose for their life. Fill every student with the Holy Ghost. Bring us back safely tonight for a good service and Go with us this week at school. And God, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.